we're kind of set up. Okay, well, let's let's do this then. Last week, last week uh, we pulled the curtain back, okay, and we saw the world for what it is. So I, I'm Toto, the little dog, and I pulled the curtain back and just showed you that behind the scenes, there's this guy running stuff. So, so the world as what it is, we saw the world lieth in darkness. We saw that it's not our home anymore. We saw that it allures us, and it does that because it hates us, not because it loves us. We saw that, that, that the, it, does, it allures us through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We saw that the world system, it is temporary. Okay, The fuse is lit, and then we're given this negative command we saw last week. Don't love it. Don't love the world. So you can either love the world, you can, have, you can have the love of the world in you, or you can have the love of the Father in you, but you can't have both. Just like you can be married to your spouse, or you cannot be married to your, but there, you can't do both. You can't be married to your spouse and be having a girlfriend on the side, a boyfriend on the side, right? Your spouse is going to say, no, it's, it's all or nothing. It's me. That's how it is. You can have the love of the Father. Or you can have the love of the world. That's your choice, but you can't have both. So don't be seduced by the world away from the fellowship that we have with God and each other. We have no place in this world, we saw, which leaves you with what? If you don't have any place in this world, if, if, the, heart, if the world doesn't get your heart, what are you left with? Uh, good question. We'll talk about that a little bit today. So that's review. Today, we're going to see, you guys, listen, the world system is seducing you. In you, there's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's, that's the hardware. That's, that's the software. That's what we're wired with when we come into this world. And the world is constantly trying to use that to allure you. But that is not the only seducer in your life. Okay. This week, we're going to, so the world seduces you from without. You, the world lost you. You escaped the world and the corruption that's in the world through lust. Praise the Lord. But now there's a seducer from within also. Like you're looking around the room, you're like, oh, I know who it is. Like, okay, right, right. Okay, there, there are seducers from within, you guys. Can you believe that? We're going to see that this morning. So there are those who manifest the spirit of Antichrist and seduce believers away from the fellowship we have with God and with each other. They are Gnostic-minded teachers. That's what goes in your blank is, is Gnostic with a G. Gnostic-minded teachers who try to draw people away from the truth and the life that we have in Christ. And, and here's a key. The implication, they'll never, ever, ever come out and say it. They won't ever just say it. But the implication is, oh, you're missing something. You don't, what we have here, that, that, that's, you know, that's, that's great. But you're really missing something. Till you get the secret handshake, whatever. Till you're initiated. You're missing something. What you have with the fellowship that you have with God, the fellowship that you have with each other is not enough. That's the implication. Okay, so um, 
I, here's the bottom line. You're not missing anything good. You've got Christ and we've got each other. The word of God, the spirit of God, the mission of God, purpose, life, light, love, truth, hope, joy. You are not missing anything. Oh my goodness. Okay, but, but, but there are some really popular, prevalent Gnostic things going around Christianity today. Now, you, you, you might have, if, if, I don't know, if you read other stuff, if you get online, you'll, have, you'll see some of these things. You won't see them at Midtown, but, but you'll see them out in Christianity today. So what are we talking about? We're talking about things like contemplative prayer. Doesn't that sound wonderful? I, I want to have contemplative prayer. And it just sounds so lovely, and everyone's doing it these days. And so here's, here's what image came up when I Googled this. You've got the courage and consolation, forgiveness, temptation, relationship, the work of the day, the corridor of the divine will, the conscience, the characteristics of the divine will, the Trinitarian existence, meditation, vocal prayer, and contemplative. What? Wait, wait. I don't even know what you're talking. What do you mean by all those terms? And that's where it gets real spiritual and the beads come out and it's like, oh, let me light the incense. And, and okay, so, okay, so you, the process is you empty your mind and maybe you repeat some word over and over and over again. Peace, peace. And like I'm sitting on the floor probably with my legs crossed, right? And I'm wearing a, some sort of fabric that's sustainable. And, and I mean, really, kind of that's the, and it's like, okay, so, and I'm just going to say peace, peace. And I'm going to empty my mind. And then here's, here's what I'm going to try to do with this Gnostic approach. I'm going to try to experience God through contemplative prayer. Okay, listen. I want to pray. I want to pray meditating on God's word. I want to experience God. We all, this all sounds really good. Okay. But if we just cast our cares upon him and make our requests known unto him, if we just read what he says and, and, and just assume I've heard from God because I'm reading what he told me in his word, and then I can respond to what he said conversationally in prayer with, I'm not missing anything. I don't have to go through all this sort of stuff. Can you see how that's kind of a Gnostic thing? Through contemplative prayer, we can experience God in a way you can't otherwise. Uh, no, foul. Go through your Gnostic process. No way. Okay, but this is super popular right now in churches. And, and listen, guys, our brothers and sisters in Christ are doing this. I'm not hating on them. I'm saying this is a Gnostic thing. Okay, if the church was doing its job in expository preaching and holding corporate prayer services and teaching people how to pray, this would never get a foothold. It's not the people who are doing this. It's not their fault. It's the church's fault in large for not actually just teaching and preaching like they should. Okay, Lectio Divina. What? I'm sorry, I don't speak Latin. What, what is that? Okay, this is super popular right now. It's similar 
here's okay and so you, you got all these diagrams lectio meditanio oratio contemplatio okay so like we speak english why can't you say it in english oh well because that's not mysterious enough it's like harry potter you have to like it, it has to be some secret thing that only the initiated understand you've got sacra scriptura spiritu sanctu silentio kalach it's just like what and then you have to go through the will of and you have to meditate and it's like okay where in scripture does it tell me that to receive what God has told me, I have to go through some sort, like I, I, do I have to wear a robe? Do I have to chant? Do we have to light candles? Probably there's, well, I mean, this is super popular right now, you guys, and it's Gnostic. The whole goal is I can get this revelation from God's word, <laughs> you can't, because you don't know Latin, but I can get some sort of revelation from God's word by following some sort of process, some sort of event, and I can get a spiritual super uh, Gnostic. Okay. Okay. We'll get a little closer to home here. Okay. Speaking in tongues. If I, why, why do I speak in tongues? I ask the charismatic and he says, or she says, because you get a second blessing. And you speak in a secret angel language. Okay, listen, do the process, you get secret information. That is what's at the heart of Gnosticism. Okay, we're going to start fasting. I'm going to fast. And I'm going to go get in my sweat lodge. And I'm going to get a download of soup. What? Where in scripture does it say that's how it works? Okay, these are sort of Gnostic things. All right, we got to keep going. Labyrinth walking. Have you heard of, who's heard of labyrinth walking? One, two, yeah, okay. Three, so labyrinth walking, you set up a labyrinth and isn't life like a labyrinth? Aren't, don't you get redirected sometimes and what are you going to do? And by the end, you end up in this place you end up in the center of God's will. And so through walking a labyrinth, I can, so labyrinth is in itself kind of, it's a maze. It's like, it's like this mystical. So people walk these labyrinths, lab, labyrinth, okay. They're walking through and then it's supposed to be this spiritual, I'm going to get a supernatural spiritual download by going through and walking through this labyrinth. I guess these people all just forgot their Bibles. But okay, so these are in Baptist churches or at Baptist churches, Methodist churches, Presbyterian, Episcopal, non-denominational, Christian churches, Lutheran churches, United Church of Christ churches in Kansas City. I just Googled labyrinths in Kansas City. There's a whole, there's one, two blocks from here just up there across Gillum. You can go walk the labyrinth and get some sort of supernatural, follow the process, you get mystical information. That's the Gnostic, that's the pattern, okay? Also the community of Christ, 
conference centers. I think that, that one of the conference centers that our youth youth go to every year has one of these. Rockhurst has one. The Nelson has one. Unitarian, I hate to call them churches, whatever they are, Unitarian groups have them. Different healing houses and places like that. They have this thing designed for people to experience God. Because isn't that really the goal? Okay, yes, I want to experience God. Yes, I want to hear from God. Yes, I want a supernatural download, but I don't have to go to a labyrinth to get it. It's extra biblical. But there's this Gnostic teaching, and that's what all this is, is Gnosticism. Okay, so I've, I've kind of pointed out all the, well, okay, what about here? What about your good, oh, I forgot this blank now. Okay. Something like that. Okay, who's heard of Splankna? All right. Splankna is a type of energy healing or it's a counseling tool. The way it works is I can use physical cues to gain supernatural spiritual understanding. So if, if Nick and I were doing this and I was the Splankna practitioner, I'd say, Nick, hold your arm out. So Nick's like, I'm not gonna do it. But here, let's just pretend we're not. Okay, Lord, you know, uh, we're not inviting any. Okay, just this is purely demonstration. And no, just keep your arm up. And this is what I, this is. Okay, 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 and, and I'm going to think out loud, okay, so I'm going to think out loud, but, but I wouldn't have to say this out loud. You, you want the power, okay, okay, so, so I'm just, my subconscious is going to communicate to Nick's subconscious, but I'm not going to say anything out loud, so I'm going to think to myself, is Nick having problems? And then if he is, his arm is going to go down. Oh, okay. So I'm like, Nick's having problems. Now, I haven't said anything out loud yet. This is just a, Nick's like, okay. Okay. Is Nick's problem in the area of relationship? Nope. His arm stays up strong. Okay. Is Nick's problem in the area of some sort of sin problem? Nope. Okay, is Nick's problem in the area of finances? Oh yeah, his arm goes down. Okay, so I have not said one word yet, but I've now gained supernatural spiritual insight into another soul's issues. Okay, this is a type of divination. This is like you're out witching for water. You got your stick and your thing, and it's like, oh, the it dips down. It does work because there's a spirit behind it. The problem is it's mysticism, and we are not supposed to intrude into those things which are not for us. Yes, Patrick. It's a Ouija board. I just turned Nick's body into an Ouija board, and I'm asking yes or no questions, and I'm divining spiritual information. Now, listen, you guys, it works. The reason Nick won't hold his hand out is because you're inviting the devil because that is a spiritual realm which we are not given authority over. That is not for the church to do. 
So Splankna, that's what Splankna is. And what the Splankna practitioners will tell you is, is that they are redeeming a lost mystical tool from the devil and they're using it for Christian counseling. That's what they will tell you. Yes, it's witchcraft. Yes, it's divination, but it's no longer evil because we're using it for good. So it's just like using electricity for a good purpose instead of a bad purpose. It's using your computer to share the gospel instead of look at pornography. You're, what you're doing is you're redeeming this tool. Okay, the problem is it's a lie. They call it applied kinesiology. Because if you call it divination and witchcraft, no one will buy into it. Hey, guys, you want to come over to my house and do some witchcraft? You guys are like, no. I'm like, hey, guys, you want to come to my house and practice some applied kinesiology? You're like, what is it? It sounds like science. And here's the thing. Kinesiology is a legitimate field. Someone who is a kinesiologist, they could tell you every muscle group that's involved in a golf swing. They know how the body moves and why it moves that way. And the nerves and the muscles and the origins and the insertions of all the muscles, they can tell you the angles and the planes of movement. And they can look at you walk and say, ah, you, you, you got to fix something. You're out of whack. So kinesiology is actually a real science. They hijacked that term and they call it applied kinesiology because if they call it what it is, Casplankna, unless... Like there's a splanchnic nerve, like that's a Greek term that, that's used in medicine, splanchna. It doesn't have anything to do with this divining thing. Okay, Reiki, energy healing. They promote some sort of health, spiritual, or energy benefit from going to a practitioner with special gifts or knowledge. Why would I want to go to splanchna? That's not the, the prescription that we're given in the word of God. Okay. Oh, but it's pretty cool. I have this power. I can like, I can tell what, you know, the guys who are really good at it, they can do it to you from across the room. It's like, doo -doo -doo, you know, and it's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, Gene's got problems with, you know, and that's the thing, exactly. It's like, oh, hmm, no, no, thank you. Nick won't even be an example. Praise the Lord. Guys, just because something works and there's truth to it doesn't mean it's for us. Astrology is not for us. Divination. Paul cast out a demon that was the demon of divination for that lady. There's some stuff that's mystical and all that. It's just not for us. And the spirit of Gnosticism tries to draw us into this secret society. Guys, we're not missing anything. We don't have to do that. We don't have to go there. Okay, so be careful, Baptist Bible-believing teaching church. If you really want to see what's going on in this passage, come to my Bible study. What, what do you mean? It, it means what it means, and it says what it says. Oh, yeah, that's fine, you know, for babes in Christ. But if you want the... Oh, really? Okay, Gnostic. You know, there's some of us who get together to go deeper into what the Bible really says. Okay, now listen, the deep stuff of the word, don't be afraid of it. Don't hide from it. Sam's preaching Genesis chapter six this morning. For the vast majority of the Christian church out there, that would have been like really deep stuff. Okay, don't, we're not afraid of it. 
the problem is the implication that what you have is not enough. You, you, what you need to do is separate yourself, come onto my group. We've got a secret handshake. We'll put on our robes and light our candles. We'll get some information that other people don't have. Guys, it's Gnosticism. Okay, when we moved back to Kansas City, man, we got recruited by different, we must have had, we'd love to join your cult. Like, I don't know, everyone's like, hey, come join us. And, and here's what, here's, here's how they, this is what they told us, that one of these groups that was trying to draw us away came out of the Kansas City Baptist Temple, sent missionaries, pastors. Here's what they told us. It really comes down to this. Do you really believe the truth of God's word? I know you say you believe God's word, but, but listen, do you really believe the truth of God's word? Like, what, the, what are you talking? Like, what's that even mean? I mean, I understand English, but what's the difference between believing God's word and believing in the truth of God's word? Ah, now you're asking the right questions. You need to come and have dinner with us. And over six hours, I'll explain to you why really you have to. You're not going to get what you need there at the Kansas City Baptist Temple. You need to come and you need. Yeah, I'm not missing anything. Gnostic. No way. Okay. We were recruited pretty hard. There's, there's other ones, but I, we got to keep going because we got to get through our passage. Okay. You are being recruited out. You're being, you're being seduced to leave the simplicity of the gospel, the fellowship that we have with each other, to go separate. Has anyone ever had that like happen to them besides me where you've actually, you can tell you were being recruited by somebody? Okay, yeah. So, yeah, pre- okay. You want to be sent, not went. So we'll get to sent, not wait in a second. Okay, this is the passage that we're covering. I know you can't read that type. I just want you to look at the red circles because those red circles, what that's telling you is you need to stay or continue in the fellowship that you've already received. Okay. The word is, is to stay, to continue, or to abide. So, so, there's seven different times in our passage today where we are told to just continue, just to abide, just stay where, stay where you are in the fellowship where you are. Don't be seduced away from it, okay? Now, we know that, that Christ came to bring us into fellowship with each other and fellowship with him. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that you may have fellowship with us. Truly, our fellowship is with the Father. You can't have fellowship if you're seduced away and you leave, okay? So the whole point is to abide, abide with him, abide in the fellowship that you have. So fellowship with us, John says, you need to continue with us. Truly our fellowship is with the Father. And then the last few times that we're gonna get to, it talks about fellowship with God, fellowship with Christ, with the spirit. So that's what we need to look at. And then really there's people that went out, they shouldn't have gone out, they went, not sent. I just want to say, this is one thing you'll hear in our missions department. You want to be sent, not went. 
So we're going to start our teaching today. They, John's talking about this people with the spirit of Antichrist. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be manifest they were not of us. So don't you don't want to leave. You don't want to leave in rebellion. You don't want to leave to try to seduce other people away and start some new thing. Now, I do trust that some of you are going to be sent. We are actively planning for and preparing to send out an Arabic-speaking fellowship that's going to become an Arabic-speaking church, English and Arabic. But if all of you that are involved in that fellowship are still here in two years, you be saying, what's wrong? Why didn't we send them? What, what did we miss? We're planning on sending. Some of you need to be sent out as part of a church planting team. You, you need to go. You, you need to, to be part of that. But listen, you want to be sent. That's a good thing, not went. And then you're trying to, because the, the world's trying to draw you away. Oh, and the seducers are trying to, to draw you away. Okay, so let's look at this. First John chapter 2, verses 18 through 20. So, so look at that with me. It's kind of a big passage. We're going to go all the way down through 27. Little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it's the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us. But they went out that they might be manifest that they were not of us. But ye, okay, so they went, but ye are still here. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Verse 22, who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, he is the Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning, that it if that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain, that remain is the same word as abide, okay? Ye shall also continue, same word. Those are all the same Greek word, means to abide, to remain. To, aren't you lucky you have me to tell you that remain and abide and continue all means the same thing? <laughs> Verse 25, and this is the promise that you have promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that what? seduce you but the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you and ye need not that any man teach you but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie even as it hath taught you ye shall abide in him okay so big passage i'm going to cover it quickly so get ready verses 18 through 19 we're talking about the antichrist Antichrist, the people with the spirit of Antichrist, those seducers from within are identified because they leave. Okay, now they were with us. They were here. They were in the stairwells and in the basement. They were on the front steps of the church. They were just talking, telling you everything that's wrong. Now, they'll never come out and say it, but the implication is you're missing something. And they are seducing. And then finally, when they end up leaving, they, they try to take others with them. Verse 26 tells us that they're seducers. By the way, it's the last days. 
case you didn't know that. Yes. This is this is first John chapter two, verse 18 and 19. Good question. Yes. Okay. Now, verses 20 through 24 talk about abiding. Verses 20 through 24 of the same chapter talks about abiding. We can see this most in, in verse 24. Let that therefore abide in you which you've heard from the beginning. If that which you've heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye shall continue in the Son and in the Father. So just over and over again, continue, stay, abide. So how did you get saved? Well, faith came by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Someone told me the truth. I put my faith in it and God did a work in my life. That's how you got saved. And John's saying, look, get sanctified the same way. When you got saved, you received the Holy Spirit. God did a work. So just continue. Just that same thing that got you saved and brought you into fellowship with God. Just look, don't now try to add on some weird Gnostic mystic thing. Don't get seduced away from that. And the, the thing is growth spiritually is not moving on from fellowship with God through faith in his word. It's just continuing in that. So think about your life. You were a little kid and you were pretty self-willed, but you weren't incredibly skilled. And then over time, what happened? You grew in your abilities. Think about adolescence. Who goes into adolescence? Some 10-year-old and they're playing with Barbies or just playing video games. And then this like decade of emotional turmoil. Why is my life this way? Why am I like this? What are these changes? And what, you know, and they're just messed up all the time. Okay. But at the end of that decade, it's not a little kid playing with Barbies anymore. It's a young man or a young woman who is now capable of reproducing. And if I got to carry something heavy, it's like, where's the 18 year olds? Like, where's the young men who, who are just, who 10 years ago were just playing video games. By the way, Xander carried 13 chairs. That's a new church record. To, to get this room set up, right? 13. That's like seven on this arm and six on this arm. You hugged him. The bear hug. It's like Samson just putting the gates on his shoulders and just like running them. Praise the Lord. Okay, that's right. Okay, but, but just what happened on that process? Okay, you just grew in maturity, and now you can do really hard things that you couldn't do before, but you just kept going on. Okay, it's the same way spiritually. As you mature spiritually, you're able to do more than you used to. But can I just say, it's almost harder as a pastor for me to just maintain the things that, that maintain fellowship with God than it was when I was a new believer. It's harder now. There's more spiritual attack. There's more pressures. There's more busyness. The need never, ever ends. I'm never done praying. I'm never done studying. I'm never done learning. The counseling never ends. Okay, if you've been in ministry, you're like, oh, I get that. Okay, listen, you know what you do? You just stay in fellowship with God and with each other. And as you're responsibilities increase it just is that much harder to do it 
Amen? Amen? Okay, but, but this is what we do. The whole goal is to just abide. Okay, you could abide, and then you started discipleship, and all hell broke loose in your life. Okay, can you still abide? Oh, you made it through that. It's like, oh, I made it through that praise. Okay, now you're a discipler. It's ratcheted up, more spiritual attack, more responsibility. Okay, hello, Bible study leaders. Get ready. Cowboy up. You know what the challenge is as you start leading your Bible studies? Abide. Stay close to him. Fellowship with us. Fellowship. You know how hard it is to stay in fellowship with Doug and Bethany when they're over in India somewhere and none of us are like maybe that great at communicating regularly anyway. And it's just how are we going to stay? Stay in fellowship. I know it's harder, but grow up, mature, at, like an adult can do things a child can't. Someone who's mature in the faith. That, here's the definition of maturity. You can do ministry and stay in fellowship with God and stay in fellowship with others. A new convert can't do that. But the goal is to continue to abide. Don't get lured away. Okay, 25 through 27 is anointing. The anointing we have received abides in us. We need to abide in him. What? what? Look at these verses. It's kind of weird. 25 through 27. This is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. John's kind of saying, like, what more do you need besides fellowship with God, besides the truth of God? But, but what more do you need? You're not missing anything. He's, he's promised us eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. So anointing would be like, I'm going to pour some oil over Nick. I'm going to anoint him with oil. And that's a picture of like the Holy Spirit. Okay. The oil in Aaron's beard, which comes from the unity of the brother. And when, when Nathan, who was it that anointed David? Was that Nathan? Samuel. Samuel anointed David. Okay, so the anointing, it's like the spirit comes up. So that's what that picture is. The anointing which ye have received. Listen, if you're born again, you have been anointed. Okay? That which you've received abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth. Okay, wait a minute. Wait. This anointing. You've received it, the verse says, it abides in you, it teaches you, and it is truth. So what is it in scripture that you've received that abides in, in you, that teaches you, and is truth by definition? The Holy Spirit, that's the only thing, okay? We've received it. First Corinthians 2.12 says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but what have we received? The spirit which is of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God. You, so the Holy Ghost, we've received the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost abides in us. We're the temple of the Holy Ghost, it says. So the Holy, then it's, this verse says that the, this anointing we've received teaches us. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. These things that we speak 
are not the things of man's wisdom, but they're what? They're the things which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual with spiritual. And then finally, look over in 1 John chapter 5, verse 9. I'm sorry, verse 6. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and by blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. So by comparing spiritual with spiritual, we can see that the anointing that we've received, this is talking about the Holy Spirit, or when the Holy Spirit dwells inside of someone, the Bible calls that the Holy Ghost. You won't get that outside your King James Bible, but, but the Holy Spirit, just this, you know, in general, but when it indwells somebody, that's the Holy Ghost. So that's what, what's being talked about here. Okay, so what's the application? Number one, be a watchman. Let's not be naive. We're being seduced by the world. Do not love the world. It does not love you. Figure out how that thing works. We're being seduced by the spirit of Antichrist through false teachers who claim you need to join them because you are missing something otherwise. You're not. Okay, well, well maybe you are. Like, was Eve really missing something when the devil says, you're not going to die. God's just holding out on you. In the day that you eat of this, you'll be as God's knowing good from evil. Was Eve missing something? Well, sort of. Was she missing anything good? And she brought our entire race into bondage to sin and death. The devil is a seducing liar. These spirits, they imply you're missing something. Listen, don't buy it. We need to focus on personal fellowship with God as we go and as we grow. And then the other thing is we need to focus on group fellowship with each other as we go and grow. That which God has called us to do, he's called us to do together. First Corinthians chapter 12, talking about spiritual gifts in verse 7, it says, now there's diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There's differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There's diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit, your spiritual gifts, are given to you that every man may profit with all. So with all the rest of us, you're gifted by God to do the work with all the rest of us. Now, you're the body of Christ and members in particular. And this is where we get hung up, you guys, is how do we become a functional unit? How do we become a fellowship that is actually going to be functional? We've got our Sunday morning services. We've got Tuesday night prayer. We've got other prayer opportunities. Wednesday morning, community Bible studies, evangelism, discipleship. We've got the Arabic fellowship. We've got LFBI. We can do all these things together. And, and I want to challenge you to make full proof of the ministry that we have. Let's embrace it. The world needs what we have. We can be springs of living water in what is otherwise a dry and thirsty land. And I want you guys to just, like, if we could picture that, if we can picture that, I don't, I don't want you to feel like I'm trying to talk you into something, but I am going to present this to you. Guys, we don't have anything in the world. The world is not our home. I'm crucified to the world. The world's crucified to me. I see the world for what it is. The curtain's been pulled back. 
And I, I'm not going to let the world get its hooks in on me, not through the lust of the flesh, not through the lust of the eyes, not through the pride of life. I'm just going to be a dead man walking when it comes to what the world is trying to use to allure me. So if I don't have a place in the world, this is all I have left. All I have is the people of God and the mission of God and the word of God and the spirit of God. And I look out and I see lost souls. And just like the Israelites looked back over the Red Sea after the waters had closed, and I see the dead bodies. I'm not okay with that. Let's rescue the perishing. Let's embrace what God's given us. And so, you know, some of you may need to be more active in joining the Arabic fellowship. Have you even prayed about it yet? Like that is something that we're doing. Okay. Listen, our Bible studies, our community Bible studies, this is what God has been using to build up Midtown Baptist Temple. Did you know that? This is Sam's leading, that this is our main evangelistic outreach as we start community Bible studies. But we have to actually have Bible studies that people are bought into that we're inviting others to that actually become evangelistic Bible studies. Okay, so, so which Bible study? Here's our small groups. How are you engaging in fellowship practically? How can you engage in fellowship practically? Like, how can we become a more functional group to do the mission that God's given us? And that's what I want you to talk about in our small groups today. We are a fellowship in name. Let's, let's figure out whatever it takes to fulfill the mission that God's given us as a fellowship practically. You guys with me? We don't have anything else in this world. Fellowship with God includes fellowship in the gospel, fellowship in the mission, fellowship in discipleship. Let's do that. Let's pray, and then we'll break up into small groups, and we'll have Tim, if, if you can, if we need to break up into two groups back there, we'll do a couples group up here around Lois and Wagi, and then we'll need to break up into ladies groups, so... Go to whichever group you want. That's going to be the main, the main focus there. So let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. God, we don't want to be seduced by the world. We do not want to be seduced by little antichrists running around this church or other churches. And God, we recognize we're not missing anything. You are enough. In your presence is fullness of joy in the spirit that says we're missing something. God, we need, to, we need to just be able to say, take a hike. I, I have all that I need in Christ. And Lord, um, if we're not at that place where you're enough, it's just because we don't understand fellowship. And so, Father, I pray that you would draw us deeper into fellowship with you where, God, we just, the things of earth grow strangely dim in light of your glory, in light of your grace. We're just going to use the world to, to help build your kingdom. We're not going to abuse the world and we're not, going to, we're not going to get sucked into it. And Lord, if there are those who are being kind of seduced away with the spirit of Antichrist, I just pray, Lord, you'd protect us from that. Open our eyes to your truth. We love you. We thank you in Jesus name. Amen.